This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support the Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity. The Quest presents an encore presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. Hello, friends, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Heaven's Light here at the studios of AM 1160, The Quest. I'm Steph Ike, and I'm joined by Carol Tearsmith and Jack Tyson, and Paul Crowder is on the board today on the phone. We have, of course, Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And we are talking about Our Lady of Good Help today and perhaps a little bit about Louisa Picaretta. And she's the little daughter of the Divine Will. And for some reason, it just makes me feel moved to maybe start the hour with a memorari. Can we just go ahead and do a memorari right now? Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To you do I come before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me and answer us. Thank you, Mother. Amen. Amen. All right. Welcome, Father. Thank you. I just want to add a little second prayer from Psalm 95, because I know that the Virgin Mary loves the Bible. She loves the Word of her Son. And so I'm going to ask you, my beautiful team, if you would say this after me, line by line, a portion of Psalm 95, which is actually considered the official invitation to prayer. It's called the Invitatory, and it's God inviting the people of Atlanta and the people of our country to pray. And so, friends, would you say this after me? Sure. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Come, let us sing to the Lord. And shout with joy to the rock who saves us. And shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving. Let, let us, us approach him with praise and thanksgiving. And let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. And let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. For the Lord is God. For the, For the Lord, Lord is God. He is the mighty God. He is the mighty God. He is the great King over all the gods. He is the great King over all the gods. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Through the prayers of the Virgin Mary, may our broadcast today and our teachings, our words, give praise to the one true and beautiful God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, how perfect was that? Thank you, Father. Thank you. Friends, before we start with a great conversation about Louisa Picaretta and the novena that we've been working on together and kind of unpacking some things from that novena, I just want to mention on behalf of the team that uh, some of you know, but not all of you, since many of you tune in from all over the country to hear Father Jim during Heaven's Light, uh, that we are in the middle of our fall pledge drive. And we only do this twice a year. For three days, six hours each day to try to make all the money we need to keep this station running and to grow it and to bring you great shows like Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. We're a 100% listener-supported station, and we rely on people like you to help us sustain the station. And so just now, and perhaps uh, at the break or at the end of the show, I'd like to get the number out because I know many of you would love to see this show continue, as well as other great programs that are on the quest. The number is 470 508 
1160 or you can go to thequestatlanta.com and there you can click the donate button we have people waiting uh right now in um in the in one of our rooms taking calls from you and we also have a couple of people in adoration on their knees praying for generosity and praying for all of you during this hour so, Father, uh, we were going to talk about, and we plan to talk about Louisa today and her novena, which we've been enjoying uh, talking about each day of her novena. But I think Carol had something she wanted to ask you about because it's uh, current. It's pretty pertinent for this week. Carol? Great, Steph. Sure. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Father, We you mentioned Our Lady of Good Success, or I'm sorry, Our Lady of Good Help and Sister Adele. I believe the feast day of that uh, apparition, that Marian apparition, is this weekend. And so we thought it would be appropriate um, to start off with a question and educate our our listeners about this apparition. Uh, in fact, it's one I only recently found out myself. The uh, this is the only Marian apparition in the United States that's been approved by the Vatican, and it occurred in Champion, Wisconsin. And um, really, it's a pretty significant uh, apparition for our country, especially today. So, Father, would you tell us about this apparition? Yes, um, I'm delighted because I will actually be traveling there this weekend. Oh, and we're wow. going to have a conference there for the Flame of Love movement have it for the first time there at this amazing shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, the, the first approved apparition site in the United States of America. Now, we know Our Lady of America is another approved set of messages, but this is an approved apparition site, the first one, and extraordinary indeed. And I, I find a, a lot of messages there for our country at this time. The first thing just to recall is that this occurred in 1859. And to a young lady who was actually born in Belgium, and she came across the seas with her family from Belgium and settled down in Wisconsin. Mm. And so that's where this apparition took place. The young lady's name was Adele, and Adele Bryce, and she became really a sister, a religious sister, after these apparitions, and sort of formed her own little community there to teach the children. And the, the name of the apparition site is Our Lady of Good Help. That was the first name given to the first little chapel that was built there. And so one of the first messages I see for this country, I mean, it's significant. You know, when messages and apparitions and sites are approved, there is a holy message there from heaven. And blessed are those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so what is God saying to us? First of all, it's called Our Lady of Good Help. And the United States of America, we need help. And there's the first message that our country uh, tends to be self-sufficient. At least we did before uh, this current time where now we have some leaders who pray every day and call upon the name of the Lord over our country. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. But we have been kind of utilitarian and kind of self-sufficient. And this really is not good for any country, for any person, for any family. We need help. Amen? Amen. It's almost like the definition of being a human being. What's a human being? That's someone who needs help. <laughs> yeah. That's who we are. You know, we're not complete without God. We can't be. And it's really a, a satanic attack, you might say, and it's a satanic delusion to think that we can live without God. And so here is the only approved site in the country. It's, it's a place of good help. So we need help as a country, and we need good help. We don't need any help. Like, we don't need a billionaire to, to pour money on our problems. That's not going to do too much good. We need good help. And that good help comes from Our Lady. And she is the one that God has given to us to minister the graces of her Son. So there is a huge message just in the very title of, of this apparition site, Our Lady of Good Help, the U.S., we need help, we need good help. We need good help from Our Lady right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, the second message I see is that, do you know where, where this apparition site is actually located, guys? Yes. Team, do you know what city it's in or what city it's close to? It's very close to Green Bay. Yep. It's about 15 or 20 yeah. miles up uh, up a state road uh, in Door County, which heads up towards uh, Sturgeon Bay. And my wife and I were actually there last October, and that's the only way I know. <laughs> but it's, we but it's called... Thinking. 
Go ahead, Karen. <laughs> no, it's, that's fine. Uh, but it's called Very Champion, good. right? Champion. That's Wisconsin? right. Yeah. It's in Champion. Yeah. Would you give me a break? <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of Mother Mary. The Bible promises her that she, she would crush the head of Satan. She would be the champion over our mortal enemy. And she appears in our country in a place called Champion. How perfect. Perfect. Incredible. This could not be a coincidence. There are no such things. God did not drop his mother off in the wrong city. He put her there. (laughs) He chose Champion because there's a message. Wherever Mama appears, there's, there's always a message. And so here, Mary is being shown forth as the God chosen champion. In other words, she brings the victory of Jesus, the championship of Jesus to the United States of America. And so if you want to be a champion, then go to Green Bay and travel a few more miles to champion and there sit in the presence of Our Lady and her son, Jesus Christ, because that's where there are graces of victory, graces of championship for our country. There is a definite message there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, Kim, I want to share with you something else that's very interesting. No, I haven't read this anywhere, but just when I've been studying the apparition several times over the last few months, because I'll be traveling there just this weekend to do some preaching for the flame of love and for the encouragement of our nation and this great battle that we're in. Do you know that Our Lady, she appeared to Sister Adele, and in the forest, in a wooded area, She was walking along a trail, and Mother Mary appeared to her between two trees. And I find this so interesting, because they're very specific, the historians there. Do you know what the two trees were? What kind of trees they were? Oh my gosh, no, but what are they? (laughs) This is amazing. I've never, it just jumped out of the page at me when I was reading it last month and again today. Mary was standing between a hemlock and a maple. Hmm. This is in all the approved histories of this vision and this sight, this apparition. She's standing between a hemlock tree and a maple. Now, I find this simply stunning. What is a hemlock? Poison? (laughs) Yes, it's a poisonous tree. Wow, good call, (laughs) Steph. (laughs) Right? You can make poison from the hemlock. I mean, I'm sure you can do good things with it, too. You certainly can. Everything God made in Wisconsin and in this country, every tree and plant has a good purpose. It's we who pervert. We pervert nature. But it is used traditionally and for, for millennia as a poison to kill people. It's a hemlock, but there's also a maple on the other side. Mm-hmm. Between the hem- what is a maple? Well, maple is where you get the sweet syrup. Right. A maple is a tree of sweetness and of life. Uh-huh. A hemlock is like a tree of death. Wow. Yeah, She's standing wow. between two trees, as if to say, United States of America, choose which tree you want. Oh, wow. It is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There seems to be truly a message for Wisconsin and for the country. Do you choose the tree of poison, or do you choose the tree of sweetness and of life? Hemlock or maple? Make your choice. It's like we have to choose, like in this election, between what is good and what is evil. And to be very plain here, we know we have to be very careful how we say things. To be very, very plain, we're going to choose between a man who will kill your unborn children by the millions and delight in doing so, and another one who will fight for your unborn children no matter what it takes. That's part of the choice we have before us today. We have to choose between the hemlock and the maple, between good and evil, between loving and saving our God-given children or destroying them with a smile. We have a great choice to make, and it seems to be displayed right here in the very place where Our Lady was standing. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so I don't think it'd be any more clear than that, but I think that's very honest, and we priests have to be honest and truthful here. The choice is clear between darkness that may be disguising itself as Catholic or good, but is actually evil, and between goodness that wants to protect the Church and unborn children. Now, there's actually another message here, and that is that 
Wisconsin and Champion and this very apparition site is rather well known, especially up in that part of the country, for apparently the greatest wildfire in the history of the United States of America. The greatest and most destructive fire. And I think we were just looking it up a little while ago that it's related to the Chicago fire in some way. But there was a fire there called the Pestigo Fire on October the 8th, 1871. And I've read that it actually destroyed over 1,200,000 acres of land. Oh, wow. I mean, that's massive. Yeah. Really, it's the largest fire in the history of the United States of America. I hear it destroyed some 2 billion trees. Unbelievable. And it destroyed at least 2,000 people died there in Wisconsin in this fire mm. back in the 1870s. And it headed straight for this shrine. There was already a little chapel built by now where the Holy Virgin Mary had appeared to Sister Adele. There was a little chapel there already built. And they were getting ready to build a little school. And I don't know if the school was built at that moment, but the fire came raging at that time, almost on the anniversary of Our Lady's apparitions, October the 8th. Almost unbelievable. Like, about 10 years later, almost on the same exact date, this fire comes, <sighs> destroys over a million acres of land, and is heading straight here for Our Lady of Good Help. And Mother Adele was advised to leave and to flee for her life. It probably would have done no good, though. She probably would have died anyway. But she refused to leave the chapel. She stayed there with her sisters. And apparently other families in the area, so moved and impressed and inspired by her faith, joined her. And they stayed in the chapel, and they had a procession in honor of the Virgin Mary, and they prayed for God's supernatural protection. Do you know that the fire had burned everything down, more than a million acres, stopped exactly at the border of their property? The land, the building were totally untouched, and the people who were in the church praying were the only ones who survived the fire. Now, this is a miracle, you know, a stunning miracle. It is a national miracle that this fire that was blazing out of control It was completely put under control by Our Lady's petitions and her prayers. And it seems to me, my beautiful team and all of my friends throughout the country, that we are experiencing another fire now in our country. It's the fire of socialism and communism. It's the fire of abortion and sexual perversion. It is the fire of Antifa and other violent movements. Mm-hmm. We are in the midst of a fire, a conflagration now in this country. Amen? Amen. Amen. And human trafficking. Yeah, and human trafficking is becoming more and more clear what a big problem this yeah. is. It's an industry now. <laughs> it's horrible. Yes. It's unbelievable. But there's only one answer. And Sister Adele tells us the answer. We have to run, you might say, to the closest church. We have to run to the Virgin Mary with our rosaries. We need to pray with Mary and the flame of love, and the Virgin will keep our country from being destroyed. Amen? Amen. 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 Pack you up see, our what wagons. happened there in Wisconsin yeah. <laughs> more than 100 years ago was an example, it was a prophetic example. Mm-hmm. God moves this way frequently. He will give us a real-life experience which in itself prefigures a greater experience that is coming to show us the way out. And the victory has been promised all the way from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. The victory has been promised to the Virgin Mary. And so the answer to the calamity that we find ourselves in right now, you might say, is found at that shrine in Champion with Our Lady of Good Help. Brothers and sisters, we have to clutch our rosaries and pray them more than we ever have before. Only Our Lady can put out this fire, and she will put it out. But she desires and she waits for her children, that's you and I, to pray, you might say, like never before. So God will put out this raging fire of violence and perversion and dishonesty and bring to this country something new, a new life, a new life of living in the divine will, which the new St. Louisa is, is prophesying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, Father, now, friends, you've got I could to... share with you one or two more thoughts if you'd like sure, me to. Keep sure, going, please. <laughs> We'd love you to. Well, because here's something that I noticed, too, that Mama Mary, she told Sister Adele, and I think her, the very first apparition, what she wanted her to do. Do you know what her instruction was to Mother Adele? What? This oh. I find so incredible for the year 2020. She said to her, gather the children in this wild country to teach them what they should know for salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a clarion call for 2020. Our children have been set loose to the wolves. Yeah. And when we send our children, by the way, to public schools, almost anywhere in the country, we're sending them to the wolves, where our children are being taught to hate God, to hate Christianity, to hate sexual morality, to hate the family, to hate their own beloved country. And to hate the color of their skin. I mean, that's crazy. Yes. You know, this is sinful. It's criminal what we do to our children, and it's sinful, and it must stop. And the message of Our Lady to Sister Adele is a message to our beloved country today. Gather the children. In this, our country has become wild again. Mary referred to the wild country of the wooded Wisconsin. We have become wild with demons and sin again. Mm -hmm. She says, gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they need to know for their salvation. And so we see in this one national shrine of Our Lady, of this approved apparition, a message that rings through the centuries and rings louder today. That There's a message there. We have to save our children. Amen? Amen. Amen. And one more message I want to share with you that's tied in with this third one is a little chapel was built right there where the Virgin Mary appeared to Mother Adele between the two trees. And guess who built the little chapel? Hmm. I don't remember. I don't either. Her daddy. Her father. Her beloved papa built the chapel. And we discussed this a little last week, that when God calls one of us to a suffering or to a mission, he calls the family. Give me a break. No more Lone Rangers. We have to work as a family. The natural family, which is God's institution, which is beautiful, which is divine, and needs to be sanctified by baptism and all the sacraments, and the extraordinary family of the Holy Catholic Church. But we need to work as families, and that's partly why the children are dying, because the family has been destroyed, especially by the electronic media. But who's the first one to build a chapel? Who believes his daughter? Papa does. Mm -hmm. And her daddy builds the first chapel. And so there is part of the answer to Mary's plea to gather the children. Families need to stick together and work together in carrying out their mission and their faith. Amen? Amen. 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 And, And there must be something about evangelizing, too, for her, because didn't Mary say, like you said, Father, to go out and teach the children, but to teach them the sign of the cross and to learn their prayers so that they could be baptized and formed That's right. and first communion so that those children who never had access would have access to Jesus, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah. But if we neglect it, you know, to our own peril and to our children's peril, it's been neglected grossly. And of course, instead of teaching our children catechism, for instance, I was speaking to someone just a week ago in another part of the country, and this beautiful uh, missionary of God uh, was was with a group of young adults in her parish. And I forget, I think there were 15 to 20 young adults gathered with her. They're they're there, uh, some evangelical reach out to the young people. Do you know that of these 15 teenagers... Not even one of them had ever been inside of a church in their entire life. Oh, sad. Fifteen children from her parish boundaries. Hmm. Within her parish boundaries, not one of them had been brought to church by their parents even once in their entire life. Oh, my gosh. And yet, you can be sure their parents bought them iPads and iPhones. You can be Mm -hmm. sure of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they're being starved to death with the gospel that alone saves the good news of Jesus, 
but being fed with poison and impurity and even diabolical websites on their computers, their phones, and their televisions. Amen? Amen. Amen. No wonder we have a problem, you see? And we have to move now or we're lost. We have to move and pray, and by the way, vote correctly. We have to move and pray and sacrifice now, because our children have been utterly and completely betrayed and sold into bondage. But here is a message of hope with Our Lady of Good Help, that we can still gather the children. If we don't know what to do, you know, I know what we can do. We should pray the rosary, because the Virgin will show each one of us what we can do to touch the young people. I was just, um, I'm here in Long Island, and I shared with a group just two nights ago, one of the groups we were speaking to, how on my way here uh, to the place where I've been preaching, we stopped at a bagel shop in Queens, New York, on the way here. Mm-hmm. And I had to get a bagel and a cup of coffee, and also had to use the bathroom real bad. We were traveling for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we stopped at this bagel shop. And who was behind the counter but a young fellow, a young man about 20, I would say 20 years of age. And this young fellow, um, I could see he was very sincere. There was a goodness about him, although I could see that in a way he must be lost, like so many young people. And after um, my friend bought the bagel and the cup of coffee, um, I spoke out to the young man. He was standing behind the counter, and there was a, a piece of plastic in between ourselves on one side of the counter and himself and the employees on the other side of the counter, I guess supposedly to protect them from this supposed COVID virus. And so it was like a terrible feeling of isolation and loneliness. And I called out to him strongly. The Holy Spirit asked me to speak out strongly. And so though, I don't know if it was a Jewish bagel shop, I'm assuming that it was, but it didn't matter to me who was there. I called out to him, hey, God loves you. God loves you. And I said it loud, and he was startled, and he called me over to the counter. And he said to me, oh, he says, I needed to hear that. He said, did you ever see The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson? I said, yes, I did. It was fantastic. (laughs) And he said to me, Father, I'm struggling. I'm looking for faith. I'm struggling, he told me. I'm struggling. And I said, listen, God loves you, and I'm going to pray for you. What's your name? And he said, my name is Jake, and I'm going to tell you right on national radio, his name is Jake. Everyone pray for Jake this we afternoon. We will. We'll be praying the Divine Mercy for him today. Shout out to yeah. Jake. Yeah. Oh, hey, Father, I am just, do you remember where you are right now? Because everybody is is like right at the edge of their seat wanting to hear the rest of this. But we've got yeah. to run to a break, so can you hang on for just a minute? If anybody needs to go to the bathroom, this is the time to go. Get a bagel. (laughs) Yeah, get a bagel. And we'll be right back. We want to hear the rest of the story of Jake, and we're going to go put him in his name in our book right now. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. We make countless decisions every day. How often do you stop and ask yourself, what's the impact of this decision? Who does it affect? How is it going to affect them? There's a lot to consider when making a decision, especially an important one. And if you want that decision to flourish, there are two things to remember. First, consider the multiple dimensions to the decision you're about to make. Then approach the decision as a virtuous leader or a good steward who recognizes the gifts and resources you have been given and how they can benefit others. That last part was key. We have to take into account the human dignity of each person impacted by our decision. Will they benefit or be harmed in some way? Every decision we make has a ripple effect for eternity. Let's make those decisions flourish for good. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared. Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. So, 
Some Jehovah Witnesses knock on your door. You're ready to defend Jesus' divinity, but they throw you a curveball and deny the divinity of the Holy Spirit. What do you do? Well, first, you could turn to 1 Corinthians 2.11, where Paul says, No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. If the Spirit can comprehend the infinite thoughts of God, He must be infinite, and thus God. You could then turn to Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, and here Peter rebukes Ananias and Sapphira for lying to the Holy Spirit. But then a few sentences later says they lied to God. How can lying to the Holy Spirit be the same as lying to God unless the Holy Spirit is God? So with verses like these, you can hit that curveball and defend the divinity of the Holy Spirit. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Please join us in a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits, who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Everybody, if you're just now joining us, you're listening to Heaven's Light, and we are broadcasting from the AM 1160 The Quest studio in Roswell this hour. I'm Steph Ike, and I'm joined in the studio by Carol Tearsmith, Jack Tyson, and then on the controls, we have Annie Porter and Paul Crowder today. And of course, we have Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And we are going to get back to a great conversation. But I wanted to remind all of you who don't know, and since we have lots of people listening from other states, we would love to hear from you this hour. We are in the middle of our fall pledge drive. We only do these drives two times a year to make all the money we need to support this station and keep it on the air. And we would love to hear from you. We could use your support. If the Holy Spirit is calling you right now and saying, yes, I love this show. I'd like to see more of this. And I want to make sure that Father Jim stays on the air with us. And so I'm going to pick up that phone right now. I'm going to give you the number. It's 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160. And if you want to donate online, it's thequestatlanta.com. And you'll find the donate button. And we do have, we're not going to interrupt with calls that are coming in right now, but we will read those on the air next week. But we do have one little caller that we want to recognize. Father, we had someone who called in a couple hours ago. Her name is Sophia, and she's 10 years old. She's from Peachtree City, and she and her family listen to your show all the time. They love you. And so little Sophia said, can I send you some money in an envelope? And it sounded like this was like maybe her her money that she's made. And uh, I said, of course, and we would love to mention your name on the air today just because it's the pledge drive. So we want to thank Sophia and her family. And to all of you, if, if you feel uh, like maybe something's tugging on you right now to pick up the phone, uh, the number is 470-508-1160. So thank you, Father, for um, you know letting us put that out there. That's important, too. And we want to go back to finish up the story about Jake, if there's more. Sure. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you, my your beautiful sisters and your mom and dad as well. Yes, there's a young fellow named Jake, and he's at a bagel shop in Long Island. We'll leave it at that, where he is. <laughs> and he was deeply moved when I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to call out to him. And I want to ask our listeners not to be ashamed to spread God's love, to spread the name of Jesus or the love of God. Do not be ashamed. I called it out, and he was riveted, and he called me to the counter. And both my friend and myself could see that his eyes were beginning to water. He was a big, strong guy, like big enough to be on a professional football team, um, but he had a gentleness in his heart. He asked me about Mel Gibson's movie, and I said, yes, I have seen it. And I encouraged him a second time how much God loves him. 
I said, I want to give you a prayer. And I reached in my pocket, and I was out. I just passed out my last prayer card at the airport a few minutes before. But my friend had one, and thank goodness, it's always good to carry extra in your purse and your wallet, any sort of prayer card, things that are simple, but teach people in some simple but profound way to pray to Jesus and or His Holy Mother. And so we gave him the beautiful prayer to the most precious blood of Jesus. We'll be glad to send anybody who's listening one or more of those cards for free if you need one. And just one line approved by the Catholic Church and another approved apparition from Africa. Most precious blood of Jesus Christ, save us and the whole world. Amen. And so I taught it to the young man right then and told him how it brings miracles and protection and peace and how God would help him. And he took the card, he listened to me very carefully, and he reached out his hand for my hand. He reached out for my hand to shake my hand. And when I, when I shook his hand, there was something happening in the Holy Spirit. I could feel that he was receiving grace when I shook his hand. He was open to receive God's grace. Mm. So that was a, a very blessed encounter. And it sort of shows us what we are hearing from Our Lady of Good Help in our first national shrine approved here in the United States of America in Wisconsin, that we need to reach out to the young ones, reach out to the little ones, who she said, in this wild country, reach out to the children and teach them what they need to know for their salvation. That message from Wisconsin needs to go to Queens, New York, and in Atlanta, Georgia, and Tampa, Florida, and everywhere. Amen? Amen. 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 I could share with you, Tina, I know we're spending a little extra time, but I just want to share this because this is a quote, a quote from the Virgin Mary, what she actually said to Sister Adele. She had appeared to Sister twice, I think over a period of two days. This beautiful woman, she said dazzling white. There was a white light around her, and she was wearing something that was dazzling white. But Adele was a little bit of afraid. The apparition was quiet. She went to her parish priest, and he advised her, and he gave her very good advice. He told her, if the apparition appears to you again, then why don't you ask the apparition, in the name of God, who are you, and what do you want with me? Well, that's very good advice. That's very Mm -hmm. biblical advice. That's a good priest. We need priests to give our lay people good spiritual direction. And you notice what I'm saying here, that sometimes we go to the priest for help or some church leader, they say, well, no, you must be mentally ill. You must be out of your mind. Uh, You must need a psychologist. Mm -hmm. Immediately they go to this reductionist point of view. But here is a solidly trained Catholic priest. He knows that both God and Satan, and by the way, holy souls from purgatory, can appear to us. So he says, well, if it happens again, demand an answer asked the apparition to identify itself. This was very wise and holy and Catholic and biblical advice. St. John says in the Bible, test the spirits. So she was taught by a holy priest, her pastor, and when this beautiful apparition appeared again, she asked her, in the name of God, who are you and what do you want with me? And the apparition answered, and listen to this, I am the Queen of Heaven. Mm. I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. And I wish for you to do the same. That was the answer. We're all writing. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Isn't that perfect? Uh Yes. Simple, profound, beautiful. She identified who she was. She identified what she does. And she identified what she wishes of you and I. Mm -hmm. That we need to pray for the conversion of sinners. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, team, I'm going to interrupt us now. And we're going to pray, please, one Hail Mary for the conversion of all the sinners in our country. One Hail Mary now, because Mama has asked us to pray for the conversion of sinners, and God will bestow this grace. Do you want us to insert the little flame of love? Oh, sure. Part of the prayer. Okay. Very good. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray for the conversion of all sinners throughout our beloved nation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners. sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's pray a second one for, for all of the young people like Jake, all the young ones across the country, that God will rescue them from darkness and bring them to the light of true Catholic faith. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray Pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. God save the United States of America, and God save our young people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So this guy behind the counter, Jake, just probably got thousands of prayers for him. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Yeah, yeah, actually, probably... we, we prayed a decade for him, too, of the Chaplet of Mercy in our retreat here on Long Island. We prayed a whole decade just for him. Oh, oh amazing. Great. He's probably tingling. <laughs> He'll probably be Father Jake one day. Yes, yeah. let's hope so. That yeah. would be great. And he'll be in charge of breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Bring the bagels. That's right. Bring the bagels. So, So, Father, you know, we, this happens to us a lot where we, you know, get going on some really interesting stuff and we don't really follow the path that we think we're going on in the very beginning of the show. But every gem we've gotten today has been just awesome. So do you want for the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes to spend a little time with Louisa and talking about the divine will? Or is there something else? Sure. Okay. Okay, so I, I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, everybody's still got their notepads out from everything we've been learning today. And we're, we're loving Adele and Our Lady's time with her. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to start looking into Our Lady of, of Good Help. And, and uh, I think Jack's got a question for you. Yeah, I do. And uh, But I think I'll keep us off track for a minute. Okay. Uh, for longer, if that's okay. <laughs> you know, Father, you've mentioned many times about the the negative effects of media and how the kids these days are inundated with that type of messaging. But, you know, just Jake's simple question to you also shows yes. the power of, of positive media and whether yes. it's, it's, you know, Passion of the Christ or the Fatima movie or EWTN or listening to the Quest radio. You know, there there's a lot of great content out there as long as we can keep the word promoting it. Right. And so that the Jakes of the world hear about it, because it may be their only exposure. You, know, you talked about the kids who had never been to inside a church before. And that's like that's unconscionable in this day and age. But anyway, my own little editorial. <laughs> oh, that's very good. And this is support what you're saying, Jack. Uh, I asked Jake when he mentioned the movie of Mel Gibson, because, of course, I've seen it a number of times. I asked I asked him, I said, did you know that Mr. Gibson is now producing a new movie, a sequel to The Passion of the Christ about the resurrection of Jesus. And the boy, he actually knew it. He That's shook his great. eyes as if he was aware of that. And so more power to Mel Gibson, who, by the way, is also Catholic. More power to Mel Gibson and to his team. They're getting ready to produce, I think they're producing it right now, a brand, another movie, a sequel to The Passion, centered around the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's probably going to be an awesome movie, and we should probably pray about it and support it and distribute it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, we've we've promised our our listeners that we would get back to Louisa Picaretta today, and and we will. Um, And we're talking about her novena, and and we're into day three, and we we just started talking about it last week. So I'll I'll keep the, the question brief to maximize the amount of time you've got to to share your thoughts. But, you know, the third day talks about 
Louisa of the Passion of the Tabernacle, and you, you gave us great insights on that last week, but we just started to talk a little bit about uh, the victim soul. Can you tell us about the victim soul and, and how that plays into the story of Louisa? Yes, it's, um, it's a word that's really become used a lot, I would say, in recent years. It's not considered like an official category, you might say, like a vocation, so to speak, an official vocation. It's something that would come under the realm more of private revelation. But there do seem to be more and more souls that have been chosen by the Lord and lifted up in our time. Sister Faustina is one example of that. Another one that many of our listeners might be familiar with would be St. Gemma Galgani. And she actually wrote once in her autobiography how Jesus told her, St. Gemma said, Jesus told her, I need souls who, in their sufferings, trials, and sacrifices, make amends for sinners and for their ingratitude. So he told this this saintly saint, St. Gemma Galgani, I need souls who, by their sufferings, trials, and sacrifices, make amends for sinners and for their ingratitude. Now notice it's something similar to what we just read, what Our Lady said to Sister Adele, how she prays for the conversion of sinners, and she desires to have Adele and must do the same. There's something similar going on here. But with the added dimension of suffering. And so the Lord needs souls who are willing to suffer too, to pray and to suffer. St. Faustina wrote in her diary that Christ had chosen her to be, quote, a victim offering, which is a role that she accepted freely and lovingly. She died very young, at 33 years of age. She died extremely young because of great sickness and great suffering. And really, the whole modern idea of the victim souls more or less came to the fore with St. Therese, Therese of Lisieux, mm. who died at the age of 24 of terrible suffering. And so it seems to be in her autobiography where this really started to become, you might say, public knowledge in the Church. And so, how are we saved? We are saved by prayer and suffering. First, the prayer and suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even on the cross, as he suffered, he was praying. Then we're also saved by the prayer and suffering of his Holy Mary at the foot of the cross. She also was praying and suffering. And so John Paul makes it very clear, especially in his encyclical about human suffering, Salvevici Dolores, that prayer and suffering is something that is, you might say, infallible. When we add sacrifice or suffering to our prayer, we are making our prayer uh, invincible. It becomes extremely powerful at that point when we can include in our prayer something real. You know, as the saints would say, that love needs to be shown by deeds. And one of the you might say, difficulties of prayer, one of the, you might say, the snag we can get into in prayer is that we can simply pray with our lips and forget to engage our hearts and our souls into our prayer. And when our prayer is only from our mouths or just by rote, by memory, it has very little value. Our prayers need to be passionate and compassionate. They have to be real and sincere and vital. They have to be, you might say, sparked by a flame of love. And nothing makes my prayer more real than pain. (laughs) I might say, like, God, please help me. And then I go out in my car five minutes later, and a semi-truck comes straight at me on the highway, about to run me down. Then I say, God, help me! (laughs) (laughs) That fear and the pain and suffering of that fear has just made my prayer real. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we actually need suffering. It's suffering that kicks up our prayer to a higher, more realistic level. And that's why Teresa of Avila said when we get to heaven, we will thank God in heaven for only one aspect of our earthly life. And she made it clear 
that when we get to heaven, we won't even thank God, you might say, for our charismatic gifts and for our vocations, even for the holy people we met. Maybe I met Mother Teresa. We won't thank God for any of those things. The only thing we will thank God for and praise Him sincerely for in heaven forever will be the crosses we endured in this life. Mm. That alone, she said, we will know in heaven, we'll rejoice forever. So suffering makes my prayer real. It gives my prayer a depth, D-E-P-T-H, a depth that nothing else can give it. We have to have suffering to kick up our prayer into reality and to really push it up into heaven. So prayer perfects my suffering. It makes my suffering meaningful and beautiful. Suffering perfects my prayer. It makes it real, and it makes it life-giving. Prayer and suffering have to go together. Without suffering, our prayer becomes sometimes empty. And without prayer, our suffering becomes meaningless. And so we need suffering and prayer. You might say suffering is the prayer of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so regular prayer is the prayer of the Spirit. They have to go together. We have to love God and pray to God with all our heart, minds, souls, and bodies. And so a victim soul is someone who has special sufferings. Now, Truly, any Catholic, and I actually believe that every Catholic is called to be a victim soul. I think God began to raise this up to prominence with St. Therese of Lisieux, and then to bring it more, more and more intention, like through St. Gemma Galgani, and she became known in St. Faustina. There are souls that have special, serious sufferings like this special and beautiful servant of God we're studying this week and these few weeks Luisa Picaretta, who was confined to her bed for more than 50 years, who had extreme rheumatoid arthritis and would never be complained about it. There are some souls that are given extreme sufferings. It's almost like they have a greater capacity and a greater patience than the average person. And so they can unite these sufferings to the sufferings of our Redeemer on the cross, and they can win the salvation Oh my goodness, who knows, a thousand souls a day? At least, at least. And so victim souls, that is any Christian who offers their suffering for God. Victim soul with a capital V and a capital S is a Christian who's been chosen by the Lord and by Our Lady to bear, you might say, extreme sufferings. And I would think of Padre Pio immediately with a stigmata, with his They weren't decorations, as he himself once said. They're not decorations. They actually hurt. And so Padre Pio is an excellent example in our time. So that's what a victim soul is. It could be somebody special with extreme sufferings to bring salvation to this country, to Russia, to China. But it could be, and it should be, every Catholic should be a victim soul. That we have little sufferings today, before we fall asleep tonight, I think I can guarantee that every one of us now listening will experience at least two or three little setbacks, disappointments, or sufferings between now and bedtime. Really? Oh. At least two or three. Maybe your car will give you trouble on the way home. Maybe you'll drink a cup of coffee and it's so hot it burns your lips. Uh Maybe you'll be talking to your family member and you will accidentally bite your lip with your teeth and it hurts. Maybe you'll stump your toe as you're putting your pajamas on, and you'll scream out in pain. I think I can guarantee that every one of us will have two or three before we go to sleep tonight. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. That's what we'll have to do when that happens, say thanks be to God. And Father, right. Father, this was an amazing hour, and it looks like it's just coming to a close. I hate to see that happen because I would love to keep going. But uh, thank you for joining us today. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to, to catch the whole episode of Heaven's Light, or you want to just re-listen to it, or I think at around 2.45 or so, we got an Amber Alert, and so you may have missed about a minute or two, and you want to catch that, you can go back and look at uh, that show or listen to that show online at thequestatlanta.com or go to our app. Um, if Father 
Do you think you could give us a final blessing before we go? Sure. You know, I, I love the scriptures, the Word of God, and I believe that our Holy Mother Mary, she's going to bring all of our uh, Protestant brothers and sisters back into unity with the one true Church. And we need to be ready for that as Catholics. As we rediscover the Scriptures, our book, they will rediscover the Eucharist. And they'll be brought back as one with us. We need to be ready. We need to become familiar with our holy book that God gave us. We're glad they're using it, but let's dust off ours and use ours, too. And so I'd like to end with a beautiful prayer that was proclaimed by the Holy Virgin Mother herself. It's called the Magnificat. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In, in thanksgiving for the Quest radio station, in thanksgiving for the Roman Catholic Church and our true holy faith, and thanksgiving for Our Lady of Good Help in Wisconsin, this amazing and approved apparition, in thanksgiving for Louisa Picaretta and the coming triumph, we pray this. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and to his children forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Beautiful Lord Jesus, we come to you through the prayers of your Most Holy Mother and our Mother. We ask you to save our country in every possible way, and to save our youth. May Almighty God bless this country, may He bless all of our listeners, and may He bless this beautiful team. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Oh, thank you, Father. And thank you to all of you for listening this afternoon. Be sure to stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. So, you love listening to The Quest but can't always listen live? No worries. Now with The Quest Atlanta app, you never have to miss out. Listen on demand, submit prayer requests, catch up on the latest headlines, and so much more. Available on the App Store and Google Play today. This is Father Matthew Dalrymple. You're listening to AM 1160 The Quest, WCFO East Point, Atlanta. Join me now in making a spiritual communion to our Lord Jesus. I wish my Lord to receive you with the purity, humility, and devotion with which your most holy mother received you with the spirit and the fervor of the saints. Amen. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Think of the most famous unplanned pregnancy, Mary. A poor unmarried teenager accepted God's will for her life. Her unplanned pregnancy brought us the savior of the world. Just as Mary said yes to life, the mothers of Tim Tebow, Beethoven, Nick Cannon, and JP2 
all rejected abortion for their child, yet all of them have impacted the world through their lives. To the families feeling burdened by an unplanned pregnancy, have faith in God's plan. All babies are made in the image and likeness of God. Let every child be born, for the birth of every child changes the world. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. This is the home of listener-supported Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest, WCFO, East Point, Atlanta.